Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. There's only eight teams left alive in the NFL, which means the NFL Draft is quickly approaching. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. the fool who had A.J. Brown wide receiver nine, and... With me, as always, is AJ. My rankings are nowhere, so I can't be held accountable, Marchese. Literally on the podcast. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Today, with the NFL regular season officially over, we'll be picking our 2019 NFL All-Rookie team. Then we'll preview and pick the NFL Divisional Round. Let's hit it! Seven rounds in heaven with my baby going out. To Vegas, maybe, looking for a young or a 2 Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third. Or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, and I mean who isn't, try parlay. Try parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. It is math. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Uh, and if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. I can't believe it. All you got to do is use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That is promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play. You win. You get paid. You're smart for doing so. I don't think you've ever done an ad read without messing up and laughing. You laugh at every ad read and I don't know why. Because they're funny. They're supposed to be funny. You read it every week. You know what's coming. No, this is... This is new. It's the same one we did last week, though. Uh, no, it's new. It's just a different, off a different picture I've sent you. So, <sighs> yeah, but the listener knows you how bet, the, the the sausage is made. The, the it's a letting gross you bet saying. multiple games together. That is a gross saying. Yeah. So shouldn't it be hot dog? Because that's a grosser. I don't know. I don't want to think about either. Let's talk about. But it. what I do want to talk about is declarations. Okay, I guess. Uh, before we do that, are we only waiting on hoping more quarterbacks are added to the Senior Bowl? That's kind of what I think. 
Yes. Okay, so here we continue to hope Joe Burrow and Jacob Eason are added. Yes. But you know who won't be added next year because they declared? <laughs> Good chance. Thanks. These guys. Uh, okay, the big one of the day. Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm is in. I swear to God, when you said the big one of the day, I thought you were going to say Cole McDonald. <laughs> Spoilers. I know. I'm sorry. More exciting, though. Uh, Jake Fromm. Not, I don't know. We, we weren't sure if he was going to go I th- back I not. thought he was going to go back, but I also think if he went back, you are going to – like, generally, I think people would have felt however they felt now about him. If, like, he's played yeah. enough games. You know what he is. We talked about this a bit yesterday already. So. Yeah, like if he he had gone, we know that offense it wasn't gonna get more wide open or anything. It was gonna be the mm-hmm. similar style of offense where they're they're very old school, a lot of like very run heavy, really um, no no big downfield throws for Fromm, a lot of back shoulder. So like I just think at the end of the day, however you feel about him now as a prospect is like likely what you would have felt if he went back for his senior year. Like, I don't think much would have changed. At the end of the day, he's a high IQ, accurate passer, a good leader. Like, you're drafting him for the intangibles, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a high floor and not a high ceiling. Like, he's a Case Keenum or, like, at, be- like at best an Andy Dalton. At worst, a Case Keenum. That's kind of how I feel. Fair. No, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, and, like, his entire offensive line essentially declared and then... Uh... Five-star potential starting left tackle for next year transferred. So, like, over the last 24 hours, it's it would would have made more sense for him to declare. Yeah, and, like, also, because he declared, uh, it makes it more interesting to see, like, Jamie Newman might end up there mm-hmm. or Anthony Brown yep. from Boston College. Just read a good article from The Athletic about, uh, like, the work Quincy Avery's doing with them and, like, the schools that are interested in them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that makes the Georgia quarterback position a lot more interesting going forward. Uh, but yeah, with Fromm at, at the end of the day, like he, I don't think he's gonna end up a first round pick. Um, Nor do I. I think second round maybe. I wouldn't take him until the like I I'm gonna I have a fourth round grade on him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not yeah. done his evaluation. I don't see it g- getting past the third round at best though. We've seen a lot of Jake Fromm. Yes. Uh, it's it's. Like you said, if he went back, what opinions are he, is he going to change? Exactly. No one's. Uh, maybe the more exciting quarterback declaration, though. Just before we started recording, Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald announced he is declaring for the 2020 NFL Draft. My big one for the day. So Coming off a huge bowl game, you uh, kept mentioning that with guys who declared on <laughs> when we were talking about them on yesterday's show, coming off big bowl games. He, yep. he was awesome in the Hawaii Bowl. I think the best game of maybe his career. I think so. Uh, obviously, huge arm, sketchy mechanics, poor, very sketchy, poor decision maker a lot of the time. Coming from a, the run and shoot, so not a offense that necessarily prepares him for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised he declared. I really want him to go back, kind of be the guy in the G5 next year. Yeah. Then have the Senior Bowl to really showcase what he can do. Um, but also at the end of the day, if I'm betting on a day three quarterback late in, on day three, like that's the guy I'm taking. Late on day three, I 100 percent agree. With like you. if you're gonna take a, a, a quarterback uh, late day three, you 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 generally understand that this guy isn't gonna like 
be a, a franchise changer, but you're drafting traits, yeah, right? So draft the guy with the big arm, the athletic upside, like because mm-hmm. t- to me, you're kind of looking at the late, like the Bryce Perkins, the Jake Luttons, the Brian Lewerke's, the Nate Stanleys, the Cole McDonalds. Of those guys, Cole McDonald has the most upside. Agreed. The, and if I'm just looking for a guy to kind of develop, maybe get him on my practice squad. I think that's the ideal situation for a guy like Cole McDonald. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. I'm a little upset because I think it would, I agree with you. I think it would have been just a lot more fun for college football and for him potentially for him to go back to Hawaii. It also, it also doesn't help him that it's a fairly deep quarterback class now because basically everybody declared outside of what, what, Jamie Newman's the only one who didn't. And that's not surprising at all. And he's graduating. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of quarterback movement Uh, in college football. Yeah, for real. Uh, Absolutely. A couple more declarations. Uh, One more on the offensive side. Wisconsin center Tyler Biedish. 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 Who who struggled in the bowl game, like we discussed. Um, Up and down. Still think. Redshirt junior year after a really, really great Redshirt sophomore year. Yes. Um, a guy who I think draft Twitter might be higher on than the NFL, because especially after he didn't come out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some questions about his size, his overall athleticism, but he's such a technically sound high IQ center. Like, he's not getting out of day two. I just don't think he's going to end up in the first round. Um, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Creed think- Humphrey goes before him. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. I think it's a coin flip right now, but uh, I can Creed, definitely see as the process goes on. Creed, Creed, Creed Humphrey's the safer prospect in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Just because uh, again, physically he is just that. That's kind of why. That's what's breaking a tie there. Fair enough. Uh, both second round guys to you? I think Creed Humphrey could sink into the first round. Yeah, that makes sense. Back end of the Seahawks, potentially. Whoa. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw back. enough of Fletcher Cox throwing Joey, Joey Hunt around. <laughs> Joey Hunt's embarrassing. Sorry, Joey. Joey Hunt is if I weighed 300 pounds, that would be me. <laughs> I kind of look I don't the think same. Joey's, you kind of do. I don't think Joey's at 300 pounds either, which is kind of fun. <laughs> Joey, Joey Hunt looks like he's 285. I think he's like, I think he's legit. Let's say 295s, and he gets tossed like he's 260. Yeah, this is a, so. come on, come on. This show it wasn't for this. I'm sorry, Joey. <laughs> sorry, Joe. Uh, and then a, a, a handful of surprise DBs declaring. Um, two corners, Baylor's Grayland Arnold and Texas A&M's DeBiano Renfro. It was surprise DB day today, Rob. Yes. Uh, two different types of corners, too. Arnold was Baylor's kind of top guy in their secondary this year. Played, like, probably a nickel at the next level. Picked off six passes. Like, he put up pretty big numbers. I think part of him declaring would be Matt Rule's gone. Yes, for sure. Uh, which I think is kind of something w- when a coach leaves, um, maybe surprise declarations not something we really talk about that much, but they do happen. It's a thing. Yeah, certainly yeah. is. Uh, and then with Renfro, he's kind of uh, a different dude. He's like very long, lean in that style of corner the NFL's coveted in recent years. Uh, I feel like we always talk about how the NFL covets the long corners, but at the end of the day, when you like, it doesn't happen. Yeah, like, yes, Richard Sherman was coveted, or like that style after Richard Sherman became what he became. But when you actually look at over the last couple of years, like the top corners, no one's actually the Richard Sherman corner other than Richard Sherman. 
Yeah, I mean, and St- Stanley Jean-Baptiste, yeah, of course. But. The fact that Stanley Jean-Baptiste went in the, what was it, the second round? Yeah, something like that. That, that that's he's the poster boy for uh, the long corner phase. I think the NFL's kind of gotten over that too, especially as we've seen guys like J- J- uh, Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward, who had some size questions coming to the league and then instantly yeah. being impact players because that's what the tape showed and they were so athletically gifted. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, there are teams that will covet uh, a longer, leaner corner like a Renfro, uh, and then two safeties. Um, one being more of a surprise, uh, FAU James Pierre, a guy who played corner and safety. For FAU, uh, I kind of think he'll be a corner in the NFL too, just because the length thing with him. He's a he's like <laughs> he's six two one eighty five, long, lean, um, yeah, uh, pr- like pretty decent ball skills. DBs um, with length, I I feel like always have more potential to be picked on day three, just because there's less of them. Yes, uh, but so many corners and receivers in this draft and. The more we see declare, the more you're just kind of realizing guys are just going to go undrafted. It sucks, but that's the re- reality of it. Right? Yes. Uh, a guy who won't go undrafted. Um, the son of one of my goats. Antoine Winfield Jr., the Minnesota safety, has declared a potential... Yeah, go ahead, A sorry. potential day two pick. Put up huge numbers this year uh, when he was he- yeah. because he was healthy uh, for Minnesota. I think the thing with him is going to be medicals. But a really physical tackler with ball skills, uh, can play nickel, can play deep safety, can play in the box, love mm-hmm. his versatility, potentially a top five even safety in this class. Stock's a bit all over the place, though. And I, I, I side with you more than anything, but... Really? I've only seen good things. I don't know. Who's low on Antoine Winfield? It's people. Who? I don't want to know. Don't anything. say stuff if, you, if you're just making it up. I'm not. I've seen people low. I can't remember who was who. Like how I've seen low? People lower on Antoine. Like, like day three stuff. Well, yeah, okay, like fourth round maybe. That's why it's a potential day two. But I don't like. I don't think mm-hmm. I got like like he's clearly a top ten safety in this class. It's a weak class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I like. I also agree. I like Antoine Winfield. Uh, and then two punters: Arizona State's Michael Turk and Auburn's Aaron Sipos. Yeah, um, Sipos is. An older guy, he's 27, so that makes sense. But always surprising when you see underclassmen special teamers declare. Yes, of course. Uh, but we talked about it before the show. It kind of makes sense if you're like if you're a punter and you think you're good enough for the NFL. Like you don't really care. Well, like you want again, you want to be drafted. But if you, but it doesn't it, really matter exactly. Like you just need to get a shot, and if you're yeah. good enough, you're gonna make it. Like it's just yeah, it's sure. just a different process. And then obviously, like you said, Basipas. It's he's Australian. He's twenty seven. Like this is why he went to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He he said goodbye to his Australian football uh, Aussie rules. Roots. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, play Aussie rules. It's a better sport than football. I'm just joking. I'd like Aussie rules a lot, though. Yeah, I like watching it like drunk at three a.m. That's when I like <laughs> when, when we were in high school. It was always on one of the sports channels at like three a.m. I know, and it's great. You get home and throw it on, and you're just in. It's like f- Friday night. Like, what? It's not. There's nothing better than yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. That's when weird sports should be like on. It's true. That window for like high school, drunk high school and college kids. Hey, uh, don't, we drink, got Kendrick I mean, Rogers don't drink too. in high school because <laughs> you're out of age. Yeah, good point. Uh, Twenty-one if you're an American, and nineteen if you're Ontario or not Quebec. 
Good point. Uh, okay. And yes, uh, Kendrick Ke- Rogers. Kendrick I forgot Rogers. to add it to our list, but AJ's favorite receiver from Texas A&M. <laughs> He's not. Cordy Davis is. Stop gaslighting me, Rob. Um, yeah, but <laughs> what do you think of Kendrick Rogers? He's a guy who is going to have some, like, people are going to bang the table for him. Because I, I the flashes are so bright, but he's so inconsistent. Uh, yeah. He's got a history of drops. He, like, never had, uh, a, like, even a consistent stretch of games. He'd have a game here or there where you're like, this guy looks awesome. Um, and, like, I don't even, I can't even remember a game this year. Like, I'm pretty sure it was last year when he had that that type of like somewhat of a takeover game. Uh yeah, it was mm-hmm. against Clemson last year. Remember when they played oh, Clemson yeah. tight and like that was kind of his coming out party and then yeah. It's been like all hype, no substance hey. since. Hey, I won't name names, but I know one person who had them in their top 10 wide receivers this time last year, so. It wasn't me just in case the listener thinks it was. <laughs> but you know who it was, so. Yeah, I do. Um <laughs> Yeah, so like I'm kind of surprised he declared, but at the same time, if he pulls up the con- like he's gonna potentially be drafted. Right. Like I would rather have Courtney Davis all day. I think Courtney Davis was the best of the trio. Speaking of the trio, guys who are returning, uh, Jamal Osmond, uh, the other Texas A&M receiver is returning. I think that's a smart move there, because especially mm-hmm. now, because with Rogers gone and Davis gone, he's the guy. He's the guy. Exactly. And the the, the other thing with Davis going is he was eligible for the Senior Bowl, so he gets that big bump there too. Mm-hmm. You good point. Um, but like, I could also see Rogers being a seventh round pick, like almost like the Cole McDonald of receivers. <laughs> it's a good comp. Thanks, but yeah, like Osmond, I think had the most uh, yards of all three of them this year. So like, he gets mm-hmm. to go back for his senior year, have a senior bowl year next year, put up numbers this year, and then yeah, Courtney Davis already being eligible for the senior bowl. I think that had a huge impact on him declaring. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Also returning, uh, Georgia linebacker Monty Rice. Um, it's kind of not really mentioned much uh, in terms of whether he would declare or not. But every time you watch Georgia, he was always a, a like flying around the ball, a real force. I think he's going to be one of the best senior linebackers in, in the country next year for sure. And was yep. kind of one of the most underrated guys this year. Uh, in a weak linebacker class, I think he could have potentially been an early day three pick. Um, but I, I, I do think it's when he's going back. He gets another year being the man in the middle. And just one of the best, most aggressive tacklers in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. That's it for now. Uh, the deadline's approaching. Um, I think it's a, the Monday, not obviously this coming Monday's championship game. Monday after, I believe, is the deadline. The 20th, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, yeah. Getting exciting. Well, also, we should know by them when where Jamie Newman's going to. So, get excited. Whoa. I hope it's Oregon. Me too. Okay. NFL rookie talk time. Um, obviously, the regular season's over, which means we can kind of sit back and take a look at the rookie year that was. Uh, we're going to do our all-rookie team, but first we're just going to – we're, we're going to pick – Talk some offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, biggest surprises, biggest disappointments. You know, stuff to fill time. <laughs> uh, so let's just jump right in. Uh, offensive rookie of the year is hard. It is hard. Um, I spoiled mine last I week. I think I did too. I think I agreed with you in the name of the episode. Shh. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It was the name of the episode. Shh. No, no. It's it, lots of drama here. We're not sure we're going to pick. Maybe we'll switch. But it's hard. I, uh, I, I thought about switching, but then I said, no, you named the episode that. 
you know you can go back on episode names, right? No. Okay, but you can just say you're quoting me. Oh, God, that would look bad for the show if I started quoting you. <laughs> I'll set you up for that one. Uh, yeah, I stuck with A.J. Brown, the wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Is that a name bias thing? Your name's A.J., his name's A.J.? Yeah, see, I'm stupid. I, I'm just going to say all A.J.'s are good from here on out. That's my take. It's a pretty good take. I'm not going back on this. I, I mean, I was high on A.J. Green. I don't think... I was high on A.J. Hawk. <laughs> you big A.J. Hawk guy. Love A.J. Hawk. Uh, A.J. Przinski, love him too. But AJ Green, the, the DB, gonna be first round pick. Um, no, AJ Brown, like okay, Josh Jacobs is, is the second choice. Maybe Rob's first choice. Still drama going on over here. Um, kind of sucks with the late season injuries and just games getting away from the Raiders. I would have given it to Josh Jacobs if he'd stay healthy. Yeah, that's. I mean, I also and again like it, yeah. I was just gonna say also another factor because kind of. I think if Josh Jacobs didn't get banged up, he would have been, like, the clear choice. Uh, because he got banged up, it made you consider Kyler Murray. It made you consider A.J. Brown. And then kind of, for me, what put A.J. Brown over the other two was just me- playing meaningful football down the stretch yes. to push the Titans into the playoffs. And I know yes. that doesn't shouldn't necessarily be taken into consideration, but for a tiebreaker in that situation, I think you, you do take something like that into consideration, playing meaningful football. I'm fine with taking it into consideration. I'm okay with it. Like, and especially as a tiebreaker. Um, and especially a guy that, like, his explosiveness all pretty much almost put them in the playoffs, like, single-handedly. Yeah, he it felt like had a stretch where every week he was making an insane play. Like, um, yeah. obviously against the Texans uh, week 17, he had that huge catch in, in just down the side, left sideline. Um, and then the week before he had, like, what, the 49-yard touchdown run. And it just felt like every just week he was doing Saints, something. Yeah. Crossing a thousand yards as a rookie receiver, I personally think is harder than crossing a thousand rushing yards. A hundred percent, especially in a kind of a situation where they didn't have their starting quarterback in Ryan Tannehill until Week Seven, and that's really when AJ Brown started to get in the groove with Tannehill. Obviously, and and Arthur Smith is a guy who deserves a lot of credit for the way he started calling the Titans' offense. Uh, They were so heavily a play-action pass attack, which was very smart. Uh, I was critical of the Arthur Smith hire. I was, I, I'm God. I was wrong. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, that at the end of the day, coming out of Ole Miss, my issue with AJ Brown was I didn't think I, I thought I had issues with the lack of red tree. It was a lot of just uh, kind of slants and screens and just let it because he's such a great player after the catch. Yeah. I just thought he'd be kind of like this power forward esque slot jumbo slot receiver. Um, and, and going back to like the after the catch thing, like he made SC defenses look silly, sure, but I didn't think it would translate this immediately and this well to the end. Yeah, of like he looks like Juju Smith basically right away. Yeah. Um. And, and I, I think I didn't. Uh, I also uh, was didn't understand how explosive an athlete he was. Me neither, hundred percent. And I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I I would say I missed on him because I just I, I I knew he had a super high floor. I just didn't think his ceiling was all that high. And I uh, in my ranking my rankings kind of reflect that. And it, honestly, it's pretty weird because I had Debo Samuel wide receiver too. And you can almost say similar things about Debo Samuel to AJ Brown. The difference being the route running. <laughs> But yeah. AJ Brown, I, I wasn't a bad route runner. I just overreacted to the lack of routes run at Ole Miss. 
That's a good point. Hey, maybe Debo got the uh, old Senior Bowl bump from you too. That well, that the Debo Senior Bowl made me go and back to his yeah. tape and watch more and more, and I absolutely I fell remember. in love with him. Yeah, I remember after the Senior Bowl, you went back and you elevated his ranking. Yeah, I love Debo Samuel. Uh, but yeah, so both of us have AJ Brown one. Both of us have Josh Jacobs two. Yep, and, I would. And then Kyler Murray three, I believe. Yes. Uh, so uh, who be four? I, I know we're not doing this. Uh, no, I, I put my four, five, and six to be honest. Okay, respect. Let's hear it. Uh, four, I went Terry McLaurin. Five, I went DK Metcalf. Six, I went Debo Samuel. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, never mind. I'll save this. I'll, we'll talk about this later. I'll, I got something, but I'll save it. Wow. Tease. Now the listener can't it's stop just, listening. It's just a player that I want to – it's a good time to summarize his season. Uh, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, but we'll get there in a bit. Uh, how would you put four, five, six? Because I'm assuming it would be those three for you as well. Yeah, who'd you? I, I didn't write mine down. So you had McLaurin, Metcalf, Samuel. I would uh, maybe in that order. Maybe DK over McLaurin because I'm biased. <laughs> I, I actually have Deontay Johnson uh, winning. <laughs> look, hey, I respect. Look, that. Deontay Johnson was a second team All Pro as the punt returner. Yeah, do you, like uh, again, I said it a couple weeks ago, but Johnson's season is underrated with all these other great rookie wide receivers. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, I think also just considering of my top six offensive rookie of the year, four wide receivers. Receivers, We just mentioned Deontay Thompson or Deontay Johnson. Uh, Like we've talked about Darius Slay's own Slayton before. We've talked about um, Nicole Hardman. Like the receiver class, although there were some disappointments, we'll get to those. It very much lived up to the immediate production, which is a rare thing with receivers. This rookie receiver class, how like I don't want to. It's not the best of all time, but like it's up there, right? I like don't have all, off the top of my head what the best one is, but considering uh, twenty fourteen, probably yeah. Considering AJ Brown topped a thousand, yes. McLaurin and Metcalf and Samuel all topped eight hundred. Yeah, uh, McLaurin probably tops a thousand if he's not banged up, has better quarterback play. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Like it's, and then like the other guys I mentioned, like obviously Hollywood Brown, it wasn't consistent, but there was flashes and. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fucking good. Is what is what we'll say. <laughs> it was. It very much was. It's uh, it, which is exciting. Um. Yeah. Especially with how great this next, I I think the receivers in this upcoming draft are. Like basically, maybe not ex- as deep, but close and more top heavy yeah because we didn't see the first receiver get drafted till what was it 25 yeah so so yeah uh and he did nothing so. <laughs> uh sorry okay defensive rookie of the year nick bosa uh, yeah i mean we've said it since week 10 the guaranteed i think um like pretty obviously the top two are nick bosa and josh allen Agreed. Yeah. And then after you can get a little weird with it, but like not too. It's kind of not too different, I think, for most people. Um, who would you have three? I don't know whether you have. I wrote my top five. I should have, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> who do you, who's your three? I put Max Crosby. I was going to say Max Crosby, and then I wasn't sure about it. Um, I put Mac. Then who, I put Max Crosby yeah. three. Then the Devons four and five, uh, with Which White one? being four and Bush being five. 
They're close. Bush and White are really close. I, I think I agree with you, though. I just think... I think Crosby's my third. I, th- I, I put Crosby over them just because... Although... Maybe they were more consistent. I think that the impact Crosby had... like Also, it's partially biased because I loved him in the process. Uh, yeah, but double-digit sacks. Like, yeah, it's like, not I like think you're... that's tougher than what Devin White and Devin Bush did. Uh, De- it, and it, Devin White and Devin Bush... Um, it was, it, it it was like solid play every week, but it was they had like a flashy play every once in a while, and I think that drove their name brand up more. Yeah, I mean, you expected so much from both of them, really. Yes. Right? Uh, but yeah, so so for me that that was the top five for defensive rookie of the year, and like I, I kind of don't really have anybody else in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, like we're going to do our rookie team, but some positions are kind of... Like, it's funny. Some positions are loaded, and some are like... I, th- I do think if Jeffrey Simmons played the whole year fully healthy, he would have been super in the conversation, but it, uh, obviously he didn't, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that to me, that, that was like... For both, that was the obvious top six offensive, and that was the top five defensive. Fair enough. Yeah, for sure. Okay, want to talk some biggest surprises? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Who? It's. Yeah, it's hard to pick a clear number one. I think. But I, I think I, it's it's the. I think there's many guys you could name for biggest surprise, but there is a clear number one. Who'd you put? Gardner Minshew. I also put. Gardner like I think Minshew. you have to. He was probably, if you're doing, like he probably be my seventh for offensive rookie of the year. See, this was the conversation I was going to ask. Like when I uh, tried not to spoil it earlier, is talk about Gardner Minshew because. I agree. I think he's the clear biggest surprise because of how just such a weird season, though, too, right? Like, it's almost hard to wrap up Minshew's season because it was so good for the start, and then he gets benched for foals, and then uh, comes back, and it's not as good. And but finish strong. Yeah, exactly. I, it's like I think that the benching for Foles kind of messed up his rhythm, and that's like something that mm-hmm. maybe just although he doesn't seem like a guy who lacks confidence, but like that can shake your confidence a bit as a rookie quarterback. Uh, for sure where you've had such a great stretch and then they just it's not even your play necessarily that gets you bench it's just this is the guy we paid we have to play him and then they go right back to yeah. you like but at the end of the day you look at the numbers too i feel like when i looked at the numbers i was almost like a taken back how good they were yeah i know for real um if he played a full season he he would have been up there higher for uh, rookie of the year, I, I th- again, I just think the only thing that works against him would be this receiver class was so good, and like the Jags were relevant. Yeah, so like you'd have a hard time taking one, like especially because like my sixth guy is Debo Samuel, but he's playing on the the best team in the NFC, so he's playing yeah. so many relevant games, and like exactly. DK Metcalf also playing so many relevant games. Terry McLaurin was like the one fun thing to watch on a really bad team, uh, yeah. and same. Same kind of goes for like Kyler was the engine for that team's existence. Um, Kyler and Minshew pretty close though. Like it's 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 not as big of a, of a gap as it should be between the first pick and what was Minshew one. But like not not because of Kyler's play, but because Minshew was so above. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I wish they hired a new staff and brought in a new front office, but. At the same time, I am glad we are at least expecting to get a full year of Gardner Minshew next year because you, you should go find mm-hmm. out. Yeah, fair like, enough. He, um, he is 
he was he made football so fun, especially early on. He did. Yeah. Like I was watching Jaguars games live, not just on Game Pass, because I want to see great. Gardner Minshew. Minshew was yeah, I mean, it was crazy and it's almost like it just poofed out of nowhere that it kind of just disappeared. And it's funny cuz obviously we watch a ton of college football and obviously we scout the NFL draft. So it's not like we were th- like didn't know who he, like cuz a, a lot of people who either just cover the NFL or just watch the NFL like, who is this guy? And, like, like we know Gardner Minshew. He almost went to Alabama to be a third string and be a GA and just be a coach. And, like, he's this goofy guy who fit Mike Leach's personality. And, obviously, we know how much I love Mike Leach. The air raid's my favorite thing in the world. So, I was just so happy he was playing games that he became good. Gardner Minshew had, like, the, one of the most insane, like, just story-wise year stretch of any Two-year stretch like between... Grad year. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, yeah. I mean, literally, like, 365 days in a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, he was, again, supposed to be the third string out of Alabama. Mike Leach says, you want to leave the country in passing? Sure do. And, like, from September, this goofy-ass Washington State team, and he's got them ranked, winning double-digit games. He's in the Heisman conversation, goes to the Senior Bowl. Everyone loves him. The kids are wearing the mustaches. Goes in the sixth yep. round of the Jags. We're just happy he got drafted. Guess what? Nick Foles is injured. And Gardner she's rolling. It was amazing. Like, really. And, like, and like again, like you said, even the Wazoo part of it is, like, he came out of nowhere there. He was too. the biggest surprise like, in college football last year and the biggest surprise, <laughs> at least in terms of rookies. rookies, this year in the NFL. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Who else you got for big surprise? Uh, Darius Slayton. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I put down a handful of uh, rookie receivers. Darius Slayton. I think Deontay Johnson, because so many people shit on the pick, and it was like, fair enough. He, he was playing impact football, with terrible quarterbacks, pretty early on. Uh, yep. I put Preston Williams, Stephen Sims, and Deontay Harris all undrafted guys. Deontay Harris, obviously, more so for his returnability, and he came out yep. of absolutely nowhere. But yeah, you could put all those guys absolutely. Um, so many receivers. Um, I, yep. I also I put Drew Locke because. There was a point in time where we thought he just wasn't going to play as a rookie, and then he ends up starting five games, going four and one, flashing, looking like he's the QB of the future in Denver. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, how about uh, Dre Greenlaw? Yeah, no, I, his, I got Dre Greenlaw too, playing meaningful snaps kinda, on a big time defense. Yeah, and I mean, like we knew he was obviously, but like he didn't start the year starting, and then. Like you said, meaningful snaps on big the biggest stage. I, I put Max Crosby here too, just because. Uh, although we are big fans of his, neither of us expected yeah. such an Dumb. instant impact and yeah. outplaying the fourth overall pick in Colin Farrell. More on that in a bit. Um, I mean, even even for a rookie wide receiver, you could put Terry McLaurin because I know there's lots of fans of his, but for a third round rookie, yeah, that's true to be uh, that good that quick. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, even even his biggest fans didn't. I don't think anticipated the season that he has. Yeah, so. that no, that's fair. Um, I, I mean, heck. You can argue it for like a lot of the the just rookie receivers because they're all so good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I also put Jamal Dean. Me too. Yeah. And Nick Needham and Kari Willis just talking secondary. Yeah, that's a good one. I think Dean Dean's the standout of the group. Yeah. Um, well, the Bucks finally found at least one corner. And the the cool thing with Jamal Dean was it was like all in the second half of the season. Yeah, I could not like this guy was breaking up at least three passes every game for like eight weeks. It, it's because it, it was so funny how it happened, like from our perspective, that like it was that Seahawks game where he like struggled but was good. Like, he, he was, was competitive as hell. 
he was losing yeah. reps, but he's also winning reps. So yeah, and then from that game on, he just was on a fucking tear. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, who else do you got? <laughs> that I I've named everyone I wrote down. Me too. That's funny. Even uh, but there's a lot of guys you could say it was a it was a fun rookie class. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think it's much harder to name the biggest disappointment. The one single per- uh, okay, so like we, we yeah, to say the the, like obviously there's a handful of guys who fall in this category, but that if you like how we just picked Gardner Minshew as the biggest surprise, like it's hard to pick the biggest disappointment. Okay, you want the correct answer? I just figured it out. Jakai Polite. I wrote his name down. But he went in the third I mean, round, so he did. He did, but he was disappointing. Um, and he didn't. He's, play. he's on his third team already. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. But for like the more high-profile guys, it's it's hard to choose one. I like. I'm not even sure who I want to like say. Like, if if you're looking, I mean, to truly be the biggest a big disappointment, I think you kind of have to be a first-round pick. Yes. Uh. So there's there's different guys who fit it, like. If you're looking for the guy who had sky high expectations and like didn't necessarily play poorly, but kind of inconsistent, never had that game, like Quinn and Williams, you could say. I think he actually might be my first choice, just because he was my number one player in the draft, right? And he had a meh rookie year. Uh, and it, it looks worse with how great Nick Bosa was instantly. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, completely yeah. different situation. Situation is everything. Like Quinn yep. Williams is not a bust. Just so that is clear, no. uh, and then like so if, yeah, if, I don't. Know. Yeah. If if you want to talk a guy who was drafted way too high, and Uh-oh. it like looked pretty obvious throughout his rookie year that yeah he was drafted way too high, Colin Farrell. Yes, for sure. Like he looks like a fine, potentially a fine player, but the fact that he was the fourth overall pick, the fact that Josh if, Allen and Brian Burns and went after him, the fact that Max Crosby played him. Yeah, that's a like if he went pick nineteen, no one would care. Exactly. I mean, he just the Max Crosby part you you talk about, right? Yes. But like, yeah, that sucks. Um, I also think if a, a guy who you had you thought would plug and play instantly and be one of the best guys at his position right away, Gary Bradbury. I agree. Bradbury's on my list. Like, was um, we Bra- about Bradbury, Bradbury looked good in the run game and got awful in pass protection and. Just, like, I, I think because of how some other interior offensive linemen played as rookies, it made his season look worse, too. Yes, and absolutely. he felt like, to us at least, one of the safest players in the draft. We thought, this guy plugs in right away. He is mm-hmm. going to instantly be one of, like, we, we talk about it all the time. There's not that many great centers in the NFL. We thought Garrett Bradbury could be that guy who just instantly becomes a top 10 dude to his position, kind of like Quentin Nelson last year. Not to that yeah. level necessarily, but I think that was similar thought process. Like, when Marquise Pouncey was a rookie for the Steelers, he changed that offensive line immediately as a rookie, and everyone noticed in eight Pro Bowls later. And, like, it kind of felt I, like that's how we thought about Bradbury going in. Like, before the season, if you told me Garrett Bradbury makes a Pro Bowl, I wouldn't have been shocked. Exactly. Like, that's kind of... And now that looks bad. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, another first-round guy you could look at uh, who... Uh, it, he was a little bit more polarizing a prospect. Uh, I was quite high on him. You were quite high on him. Uh, and, like, he didn't have a – he just didn't play that much would be Jerry Tillery. Yeah, I also have on my list. And then if you just want a guy who just well, – you were shocked when the first round and he just didn't play also, LJ Collier. <laughs> yeah, also on my list. Um, Nikhil Harry, too, I think. Like, 
not to kill him. It just kind of wasn't a great year for him. Yeah. Would you put him here or no? Uh, uh, you could definitely put him here. But I, I think what kind of takes takes away from him is just like the Patriots receivers were so bad in general. The yeah. offense was you so know bad what? in then, general. And then there's like sexy receivers that you could put on this list. Yeah, like I, I put uh, I threw down Paris Campbell's name, J.J. Arcega Whiteside's name. Me too. And Andy Isabella I threw for me because I was high on Oh, him. yeah. That's true too. So I threw um, all, all three of those guys here. Uh, I think Tristan Hill's a big one where it's we could not believe he was a second round pick, uh, yeah. and he like was a, just a healthy scratch throughout the year for the Cowboys and yeah. interior defensive line still big need and especially with the coaching change now like who knows what happens to him yeah not doesn't um, look good for him uh, just speaking to running backs now especially because we generally think like especially with like a day two type of running back. Um, that they'll instantly have an impact. And I think Darrell Henderson was kind of almost the poster boy for, okay, he could potentially even take over for Todd Gurley because mm-hmm. of the Todd Gurley knee thing. And, like, he never even made an impact. At all. Did nothing. I know. Like, not he didn't even have a game. Like, there are running backs who were disappointing to some extent, but they had games. Like, Tony Pollard had a game here and there. Uh, David Montgomery had a game here or there, mm-hmm. but like Darrell Henderson didn't even have like a double digit carry game. Yeah, for sure. Like he's a massive disappointment. And I wonder if we'll see a more expanded role for him in year two, uh, or like what's going to happen? Because even with Todd Gurley, especially at the beginning of the year, where Todd Gurley still seemed not himself. Yeah. It wasn't like Darrell Henderson was lightning the load. It was Malcolm Brown or nothing. I know. Uh, yeah, that's a massive disappointing season. Um, I think because how high, I guess we both were on David Montgomery. You could probably throw him here, but like it's. I I did. I did too. Like it's. Uh, he was a popular pick for offensive rookie of the year. He didn't come close. Exactly. Like not like it was a brutal rookie season, but I expected more from him for sure. Yeah, again, like, a lot of people thought he could potentially be, including myself, thought he could potentially be an offensive rookie of the year. Just, I mean, the whole Bears offense obviously regressed with Trubisky playing so poorly and Matt Nagy's inconsistent play calling yeah. and the offensive line being banged up. Uh, I still think they were, like, M- Montgomery's going to be the guy in the backfield going forward. And uh, if they can kind of f- patch something together on offense, I, th- I think – he can have a big bounce back in year two for sure, but uh, just because the expectations were so high with him that you could call him a disappointment for sure. Agreed. Um, who else do you have? Uh, we named everybody I had. Um, <laughs> me too. I got one just for being the sake of being mean. Will Greer. Because <laughs> for a third round pick. Well, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I didn't think he was going to be good. I know. it's not. This is not for us. This is for being a top 100 pick and looking like not an NFL player. I don't know. With Matt Rule in charge, he said he's kind of like Baker Mayfield like two years ago. And remember last time a college coach was hired for a team and they, they said they had a previously said something about a quarterback? Yeah, that's what happens with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Whoa. Wow. I like it. Watch out next year. Okay. Ready to do our all rookie team? Let's do it. Uh, we'll just uh, fly through position by position, I guess. Uh, quarterback. I have I have Kyler Murray. I also have Kyler Murray, Rob. Uh, I mean, he basically lived up to what we expected. Um, obviously, the numbers aren't anything insane, but when you consider what was around him in terms of offensive line and pass catcher, yep. uh, 
him and Cliff Kingsbury, now it wasn't every week, but they, they flashed what the potential future is with them and created a lot of excitement. I think you're really happy with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury going forward. You have to use your, your picks wisely to kind of build up uh, an offense around him, mm-hmm. but he looks like the dude in Arizona. How close were was Minshew to Murray for you? Well, I mean... Murray was third for offensive rookie of the year for me, and Minshew was seventh. So that close. That's pretty close I for quarterbacks. I like. I I would. I I didn't consider putting Minshew over Kyler. No, Murray. me neither. But I, I also chose Murray. Uh, running back, I think pretty clear to you, right? Yeah, Josh Jacobs. I think the more interesting thing is who would you put second? Uh, Miles Sanders. Not Devin Singletary? They're close. I think just because the pass catching stuff. They had like fifty catches this year, right? They're very close though. And then Devin Singletary, Singletary third. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Josh Jacobs, when he was healthy, was exactly what you expected him to be when the Raiders took him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Just instant attitude and juice to this offense. Such a physical, uh, twitchy runner. Um, he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna be a consistent a thousand yard back for Gruden going forward for sure. I hope they expand his role in the passing game. That would be my only thing. Uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, who are your... A lot of the... Uh, sorry, a lot of the offense is, like, pretty just clear. Yeah, I agreed. Um, tight end is, was tough. I struggled there, but... I didn't. Okay. Just because the injuries. I mean... Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, uh, but the re- receiver, I think, like... I mean, it just comes back to our rookie of the year standing. Like, I went Metcalf... Like, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Terry McCormick. 100% me too. Like, I wish you could find a spot for Debo, Debo Samuel... But obviously, he kind of caught on slightly later. Mm-hmm. Um, he like he at the same time most years, Debo Samuel would have been the best rookie receiver. Yeah, I know for real. Like it's kind of crazy, and like most years, DK would have been. Most years, McLaurin would have been. Like, it's this. It's insane. It, and it then is. like you see what DK Metcalf did in the playoff game too. And it's just like that's how high his ceiling is. He could take over a game potentially, a playoff yeah. game, uh, and, and just be a star. Absolutely. Uh, obvi- obviously, Asia Brown didn't have a huge impact in the Titans game, but like that was also circumstances of the game and who they were facing, mm-hmm. best secondary in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then like with McLaurin, Dwayne Haskins and McLaurin are the future of Washington under Rivera and Scott Turner. And there's, I know Haskins had a very inconsistent year, but we, we talked about it. He was playing so much better late in the season, and now there's actual stability in Washington and uh, they add a couple more pieces, and that offense is a little bit exciting. Absolutely. Um, I am curious who you picked at tight end. Then I think you have to pick Noah. Like, T.J. Hawkinson got yeah. hurt. Dawson Knox was pretty inconsistently used. Uh, I get like the only thing would be Dawson Knox blocking. Yeah, I- but uh, no, no fan actually took over games. See, yeah, so. it, it was like Fan was inconsistent. I also chose Noah Fan. He was inconsistent and like he had those rookie blunders. But I, I also think like he, yeah, he had some drops. But like all the rookie tight ends were inconsistent, That's true. and he had the biggest games. And despite inconsistencies, I think just because the expectations were high, like you'd notice that more than a Dawson Knox or like T.J. Hawkinson was super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I don't think he was the instant dominant blocker that we expect like I, I if you were to ask me who the best blocking tight end was as a rookie i'd say dawson knox Moreau was pretty good too 
but um, yeah, I, I but I just he he wasn't someone I was considering just because he got hurt. Yeah, he had five touchdowns though. But um, no, I agree. I also put Fant, and I think like I probably shouldn't have considered it, but the way Fant looked when Drew Law came in and uh, finished the season, yeah. I, I, that gave him a bit of a bump for me. Which again, it, it was a really good tight end uh, class last year. And although it wasn't consistent, but tight end is a position that historically doesn't translate right away. Yeah. Like, I think at minimum, there's three starting tight ends right there Fant, Hawkinson, and Knox for year two. Yeah, for sure. And then a bunch of guys that just either got hurt or didn't get a chance that could. Yeah, like Sternberger never got a chance because he got hurt. Yeah. Warring never got a chance because he got hurt. Um, you, you mentioned Foster Moreau, who looks like. Because of Darren Waller's breakout, Foster Moreau looks like he's going to be one of the better tight end twos going forward. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, like I, I think you just kind of have to choose Fant because he, he uh, multiple times took over games. I agreed. I, I agree. I, I think the those were all pretty clear. You, it gets a little more interesting with the offensive line. Not to not 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 like super interesting. I think there's one spot that's kind of. Up in the air, I think the other four spots were kind of locked in. Um, but let's start with the tackles. Uh, I think one tackle spot was pretty clear, and the other, you could argue some some people. Um, but I think Juwan Taylor was a clear lock. I also chose Juwan Taylor, and I, I agree. I think like the interior was pretty clear, and then the other tackle spot was tough. Yeah, and like even like Juwan Taylor started the entire season at right tackle for the Jags. Yep. He had some penalty issues, yep. but at the end of the day considering he was a rookie thrown into the starting lineup on, like, a not-great offense whatsoever. I think each week you saw flashes from, especially in the run game, where you're pretty confident you've got a long-term starting right tackle right Agreed. there. Agreed. It just wasn't a flashy tackle class for rookies. Uh, I'm curious who you chose for the other spot. Yeah, obviously Jonah Williams getting hurt didn't help. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for, for the other spot, so I went back and forth a bit a million times, mm-hmm. and this might be some recency bias. Um, but I mean, uh, down the stretch, I'm still not even sure because T- Titus Howard got hurt. Yeah, so that worked against me picking. Yeah, him. I picked Cody Ford. I didn't feel great about it. I th- um, those he, he he those were the two I was debating between too. He didn't look great in the playoff game. He started off great. Yeah, he second half was pretty bad against the Texans. Yeah, uh, he looked good down the stretch for the Bills. He looks like the clear starting rate tackle going forward. Uh, and yeah, I, I honestly, if Titus Howard didn't get hurt, it would have been him. And I mean, we could have said him for biggest surprise, uh, just because we could not believe he was picked so early and he ended up looking quite good when he did play. Yeah. I, I chose Titus, but again, yeah, the injury was tough. If Cody Ford did that over the full season, he would have been a clear choice. Uh, well, I, I think t- Titus Howard, like his highs were higher than Cody Ford's. Mm-hmm. And I be like, I basically just gave him a ding because he got hurt. Fair enough. But, yeah, I think – I like, I don't really think anyone else, despite us both saying that, like, that other tackle spot was kind of the hard one to pick, I don't really think you're even considering anybody else between other than those two. Which is just a bad sign for this tackle class, yeah. Well, yeah, again, Jonah Williams getting hurt really sucked. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think the interior spots were all pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so had some just – Good interior offensive line play from the rookie class, though. Very much so. It's a really good interior class. Yes. Um, uh, my guards were Elton Jenkins and Dalton Reisman. As were mine, Rob. 
I, I, like this second Elton Jenkins entered the Packers uh, starting lineup, the offensive line just got better. Yeah. They started running the ball better. He's such a mean physical blocker. Um, he's the best guard on that team already. Uh, and just instant attitude injection. Um, I'm very happy. Loved him coming out of Miss State, mm-hmm. so I'm happy there. Uh, and, and Reisner was it was kind of overshadowed because the Broncos were so inconsistent. And then when they started putting stuff together down the stretch, Drew Locke was getting a lot of that attention. Yeah. So p- people were really talking about Dalton Reisner. But he was one of the best rookies overall this year. Absolutely. And so was Elton Jenkins. Yeah, you know, for sure. Like, all again, and then our center, I, yeah. we definitely both have Eric McCoy. Yeah. Like, the, those three were three of the 20 best rookies, probably. No, I agree. And like I said, like, the, the interior of this line was so clear. The tackles were a little murky. Like, Taylor was clear, but... These three guys, but even 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 in saying the tackles were clear, like or weren't clear, they they kind of were clear. They just they weren't that great. But these guys were clear and clear. yeah, that's it. for sure, for sure. Um, and like Eric McCoy, it looks like he's have he had the impact that we thought Garrett Bradbury would have for the Vikings, <laughs> yeah. where he's like already a top ten center. Like I was voting him in the many times I voted for the Pro Bowl, I was voting Eric McCoy. I also voted for Eric McCoy the one time I voted. Boo, only once. Yeah, that's my rule. Is that why so few Seahawks go? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all my fault, Rob. Is that why LG Collier didn't get it? Dude, I, I voted for him, so... <laughs> Next year. Okay. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, again, I think the edge is both pretty obvious. It's very easy. Uh, Nick Bosa and Josh Allen. Yes. Um, obviously, Bosa is 99% going to win defensive rookie of the year. Yes. Was an absolute force. Um... Both against the run and pass, insane amount of pressures, and then with Josh Allen, uh, it wasn't—I wouldn't say it was as consistent, but like generally, most years Josh Allen will be winning defensive rookie. Yeah, year. like ten and a half sacks, a title with Max Crosby. I mean, that the edge group this year was really, really good. Yeah, and like because Josh Allen was so like, I think they're like they're just not even gonna pay Yannick Ngakwe. He's gonna get paid though. Oh yeah, someone's gonna pay it. No, no one's gonna pay it. <laughs> He's out of the league. Uh, but yeah, I think those two spots were Easy. really quite clear. Easy. Sucks for Max Crosby. Was like, but I would love to yes. come on, but still. And, and it was like from from the get go, basically with both. Yeah, of them. for sure. Uh, interior defensive line a little more up in the air. Um, I I personally I went with Ed Oliver and Jeffrey Simmons. I went with Ed Oliver and I chose Dexter Lawrence, but it was close between him and Simmons. I think those are the three guys you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I I think Ed Oliver's rookie year was underrated. It was because you know why it was the start wasn't. Fla- I mean, it wasn't flashy overall, but he started a little quiet, and then it's just like he got forgotten about, and then ended really really strong. He, he was playing good football the whole time, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Like he, it's a, but he was like outplaying the box score, if you will. Yeah, well. Um, whereas like a, a Dexter Lawrence, I think also Dexter Lawrence had so much extra attention because the Giants used one of their three first round picks on a nose tackle. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like kind of right away playing good football and, and that just kind of got a little more attention. Whereas the Bills defense is already one of the best defenses in the league mm-hmm. and like Ed Oliver's kind of not the guy you're necessarily paying attention to when you're watching them so I think that kind of worked against the Ed Oliver hype train yeah. um, and then with Jeffrey Simmons it was just product of he was hurt yep. 
and started late. But when he came in, he was just a monster. I think those are the three like, guys. I think you can debate which two you want to take, but those are the three. Like, I, I think Dexter Lawrence, you can argue, is the most consistent. Or almost, the, like, this isn't necessarily the right wording, but, like, had the highest floor throughout the season. Yeah, no, fair enough. And then Jeffrey Simmons had the highest ceiling. And Oliver was kind of the in-between. Right? I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, thank you. Uh, okay, because no one actually plays three linebackers. We're only picking two here. <laughs> Because nickel defense is base defense. Uh, it's the Devons, right? It's the Devons. Are, like, who would you even talk about? Like, Dre Greenlaw might be third. I think Dre Greenlaw is third, yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. Like, Okariki in the mix, maybe? Drew, Drew Tranquil. Tranquil, our boy, yeah. That's like it. But, yeah, the, the Devons, they both had huge, splashy plays throughout the season. Yep. Both tackling machines, both athleticism on fleek. Um <laughs> They both they both need to improve in coverage, but I think that was something you kind of expect. Yep. Uh, especially with rookie linebackers, um, but they both look promising. Both going to be long term starters uh, in Pittsburgh and Tampa, respectively. Agreed. And uh, kind of gave you exactly what you expected them to. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, corner. It's hard. Corner was it's an interesting one because no one. All season blew you away. Yes. Um, there's no Jair Alexander. There's no Denzel Ward. Uh, Those, it was a weak, weak corner class too. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought this was very up in the air. I think the most up in the air of any of the defensive spots. Agreed. Uh, Absolutely. It was the toughest I, one. I think Jamel Dean put himself as a lock with the way he played down the street. Jamel Dean was my number one pick for the corner position. He, me too. The second guy was a hard one to get, and I don't feel good about mine. I don't either, and I think there's a couple guys you argue for different reasons. Um, I picked Byron Murphy. Okay. I think Byron Murphy was not super consistent, but he played He played a lot. He did. And he played a lot of okay to decent football. Uh, he had some not great games, uh, but overall he looked like a, a future well, I mean, he was a starter instantly. So a starter, a long-term starter. <laughs> he did. Corner for them, I think. Uh, quickly, though, Jamel Dean, um, what a year. Kind of underappreciated. A weird, one of the most weird <laughs> corner, rookie corner years ever. I mean, how often do you see a rookie corner come on, like, really late like that and then continue and be, like, dominant almost? He, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – the. The Bucks are such a strange team. Like you've got you've got Devin White and him who look like guys. Vita Vea had a really good year quietly. Yeah. And then like offensively you've got two of the best receivers in the league. You've got this freak of a tight end that you have no idea how to use. And then Jameis. <laughs> Jameis and then like Bruce Arians. Um, who else was in the running for your cornerback too, if you will? Um, the, like you, because almost you're arguing over just a bunch of corners who played a lot. And no one was like that great. Mm-hmm. Like, because to me, the only guy who was like even above average was Jamel Dean. Agree, yeah. Everyone else like average so or I, worse. Yeah. So like you're just basically talking about okay, these are like the five corners who played a lot. Who played a lot the the most average? Yeah, pretty much. Like it, it, it's not 
a great group to argue over. So yeah, I, so I picked Byron Murphy. I was also looking at um, Sean Murphy bunting because I thought he played better down the stretch. Um, Nick Needham, certainly in the conversation. Uh, Rocky Sin. Down the stretch, Rocky Sin too, yeah. Kind of in the conversation. I guess cause, just because of Greedy Williams' start to the season. Yeah. But he, he, he kind of tumbled down. Uh, so I guess those are kind of the guys I was looking I, at. I chose Sean Murphy bunting. I kind of just gave him okay. the nod because of the, like you said, better down the stretch. Th- he would have been my second choice. Led the rookies interceptions. <laughs> okay, you give him the stupid bump for that. Because it was like so murky, right? Like, yeah, I, I picked Byron Murphy for corner two. I think I would have had Sean Murphy bunting uh, behind him then. Rock. Like Rock or Nick Needham are kind of both there. Fair me. enough. Like I, I feel the same way except flipped with Murphy and Bunting. Yeah, it was weird because, yeah, like, it was Greedy Williams to have. Mm-hmm. The first three weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, okay, Nickel I thought was kind of clear. It was easy. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Absolutely. So I think we could have put him for biggest surprise, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm the flex. Neither of us were surprised. I, he was a top 30 player for me. Yes. And, like, we both thought justifiably a late first round, early second round guy who fell to the fourth round. Yep. Uh, and once he was starting for the Saints, he never looked back. He took the starting job from Patrick Robinson, who was paid a lot more money. And uh, he, he even, like, down late in the season, due to injury, playing some safety, and they were using him in multiple ways, hovering around the line of scrimmage. I, like, he just looks like a dude. He does. Um, big plays for them. Like you said, around the line of scrimmage, TFL. The Kittle one is going to haunt him a bit, especially the way that the playoffs turned out. But um, hell of a rookie year overall. And then the safeties, I thought, were kind of obvious, too. Uh, Thornhill, my safety one. Yeah, Th- Thornhill, I think you could argue to be the, off the five defensive rookie of the year guys I said earlier, I think he you can argue him sixth. Uh, I thought he's, he's just really good, solid football all year. Yep, I agree. The second safety he's, spot, spe- I wasn't sure about. I was just going to quickly say, especially late in the season, Thornhill, bef- it sucks that he got it hurt um, yeah. uh, before the playoffs, but like him and Tyron Matthew... Yeah, we're like quietly one of the best safety tandems. Yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna feel his absence this week for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think so for sure. Uh, which is something not a lot of people I feel like are talking about as much as they should. Cause you know, like legit, I think he had the best rookie season of any DB. Maybe no, I'll say that. I'll say that. I'll say that. No, I think you're right. No, totally, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like because it was just consistent good football. Both in terms of coverage and and, and I think he kind of exceeded expectations as a tackler and run defender. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, the the other safety spot I thought like you just have to go Taylor Rap. I see. I struggle between Rap and Savage. No, Savage is just like especially the start, late in the year. And like, then like I think you kind of argue Kari Willis over him. That's true. I I chose Rap uh, because he, like he had a hundred tackles and it was it was a strange year for Taylor Rap. Rap Rap. Also gets the bump that he was used in so many different ways. Yeah. And then when John Johnson got hurt, he was playing way more true safety. He was playing dime linebacker earlier than that. Uh, he, was, he was matching up with slots. He was playing over tight ends. He was making plays all over the line of scrimmage. He was just playing really, really solid, good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if, if you want to talk about a play that haunts a guy, um, the 49ers game, the blown coverage late. Yeah. Uh, funny that both uh, <laughs> two two of our five DBs were haunted by the 49ers. But, like, other than that, he was just playing really sound football I, all year. I know tackles aren't a really important stat, but he had 100 of them as a rookie safety. Like, that's pretty impressive. He, he was, as someone who, 
has seen a lot of Rams football <laughs> in their the last three years. Uh, like Raps, one of the most consistent tacklers the Rams have had on defense. They've because a, a a team that lacked consistent linebacker play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like Rap was a cleanup man mm-hmm. type of tackler for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, finally special teams. Uh, my kicker and punter are both for the Browns, Austin Siebert and Jamie Gillen. Uh, okay, let's start with punter. I chose Jamie Gillen too. It's tight between him and uh Bailey. Bailey just like Bailey like is fine. I just I don't know. Gillen seems like he has a special. Leg. I agree. Like he he led the rookie punters in average forty six point two twenty inside the twenty. That's a hell of a year. Uh, I also chose him. I chose Matt Gay for my kicker. I think Matt Gay was just Siebert was much more consistent. He was like Matt Gay has a bigger leg and made like more splashy kicks, but Austin Siebert was like. The safer, more trustworthy kicker. That's what broke that tie. I mean, yeah, his his percentage was a lot better. Uh, Gabe was like seventy seven. I think Sieber was eighty six. But like he attempted two from over fifty. And you know what my rule is: big kicks. Not baby. His fault. Big kicks. Yeah, but Sieber doesn't have a big. So, so you're gonna take the you're taking the worst kicker because he kicked deeper kicks. But like also is kicking at a field goal percent that gets kickers cut. But if you adjust his percentage, it's like even because he's taking he's kicking so much from over fifty. <laughs> But, like, it's not my point being Siebert's not, not okay, I actually don't care. <laughs> Return specialist. <laughs> that game was 11 for 14 for 50. I need a better extra point yeah, percentage. I realize you're the worst person in the world for me to argue about a kicker over, so I just tapped out. Return specialist has to be Deontay Harris. Yeah, it's Deontay Harris. <laughs> uh, electric, out of nowhere, a little yeah. jitterbug, and and you just you can feel that in the future the Saints will use him more on offense. Yeah, um, we saw a little bit of flashes of that, and looked pretty good doing so. He he caught the big pass from Taysom Hill in the yeah. playoff game. Great route uh, against Xavier Rhodes. Um, but yeah, he was he was just overall one of the best return men in the league. Uh, especially, I always respect a guy who's returning both kicks and punts and doing it at such a high and level. Yeah, twenty six point eight for a kick return average, uh, nine point four for punt return. Had a permanent return touchdown. Uh, I think he had better average than Mikkel Harbin in both. Like, Mikkel didn't return too many kicks, but I think better average. Um, yeah, this was an impressive year. Uh, and then finally, special teamer. I choose Drew, uh, Drew Tranquil. Me too. He's awesome. He was. Which I think we, we we were both really high on him as top 100 guys. Yes. <laughs> um, and we said at minimum he's going to be a freak on special teams. And then he was. He was. So, and then he did more than that. He, he was playing... Like, I think he's going to be a, a – they have such weird linebacking core there. But I, I, I think he is kind of – Denzel Perriman isn't it. Agreed. Else, and I think Drew Tranquil is it. And if their linebacker core was Drew Tranquil, Kazir White, and Uchenna and Wosu, that's like my dream I trio. Know. We keep I, keep I keep saying, like, the Chargers defense is like if we built it. <laughs> Basically, um, special teams tackles or stats are hard to find, but I think Tranquil had eleven. <laughs> he led the rookie class in, so yeah, he he led all rookies in special teams hey, tackles. Hey, Hugo Amadi, my second choice. Hey, if Pete Carroll figured out sooner, Hugo Amadi's good. He would have uh, probably been in the conversation with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. For Fucking Nicholson. retweet, you're preaching to the choir over here, buddy. Uh, all right, that's fun. Um, I'm glad you cut off that kicker talk. It wouldn't have been worth it because, really, who cares? Joey Sly was good, too, by the way. Let's keep talking kickers. Um, before we get into our picks and previews for the divisional matchup, wow, I can't believe I'm saying it's divisional weekend already. 
Rob, uh, I know you're going to lay some cash on this weekend. Where, where are you going to do so? My bookie. My bookie. Because you're smart. You're going to go to mybookie.ag. Because literally no one gives you more ways to win. Crazy props. Big old parlays from Rob. Rob loves parlays. Um, like, and again, you go to mybookie.ag. They will double your first deposit. That's amazing. All you got to do is use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Go there right now. Don't. I don't feel good about my picks this weekend, but listen to our picks. And uh, you play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Let's do it. Let's make our picks. Uh, how did you do in Wildcard Weekend, Rob? I went 2-2. Two and two. I went 3-1. and one. Okay. Because I uh, I had the Vikings plus once. I didn't think they're gonna win. You, you all heard that. Sick. Sick brag. All right, Saturday, four thirty-five p.m. Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners minus seven. Uh, it's a lot of points, but I'm gonna take the Niners. I I think I think they're just clearly the better football team. Which I mean, I did feel that with the Vikings and Saints, and I was super <laughs> wrong. And here we are. But I just. I can't do it, and I think the Vikings, it's a letdown game coming off that huge win against the Saints, going to San Francisco. San Francisco's rested. Um, I think, especially, like, Xavier Rhodes is going to get toasted. Uh, that's just a take. The Vikings' corners are all banged yeah. up, and I think Kyle Shanahan's going to thrive. I am um, listening to the first point you made, and when you said that's a lot of points. I'm taking the Vikings plus the points. I think the Niners win. I, I just think the Vikings can hang around a bit with the San Francisco 49ers. I think they control the game. I, I think this is a clear San Francisco 49ers win. I just think the seven points a little much. I'm giving a score projection, 24 to 20, San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> Saturday, 8.15 p.m., the Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus nine and a half. God, I, I want to take the Ravens so badly. But these are the type of games the Titans play close. It's true. They, I mean, they won. Well, I guess they won twenty to thirteen, not fourteen thirteen. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks to Logan Ryan's pick six. Um, but like, I, th- I think Baltimore wins. But I'm gonna take the Titans to cover. They play hard nosed defense. Mm-hmm. They're really well coached. That front seven, although the pass rush has been lacking lately, the front seven um, looked really good against uh, the run. Uh, they did. And, and then other side of the ball. Tannehill can't be as bad as he was against New England. Um, the the Ravens secondary is just as good, if not better, than New England's though. Uh, but at the same time, Derrick Henry's just in this mode right now where nobody's getting him down on first contact. I think it's kind of a slugfest game. Ultimately, Lamar Jackson wins out. You want to score a predi- prediction? I'll say uh, a twenty four seventeen Ravens win. I. That's funny. I'm taking the Ravens to cover. I have my score prediction as 27-17. So just that uh, that extra little field goal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel the same way you do, but... I know. Nine and a half is annoying. It is. I mean, I, I, I almost wanted to pick all four dogs this week. I went back and forth on this game a lot. And I'm like, if I think uh, one favorite covers, uh, I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. Moving to the Sunday games... Uh, Hey, the first time the divisional round is in these time slots, which is awesome. Uh, 3.05 p.m., uh, the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Casey's also minus 9.5. Uh, 
I'm going to take the Texans. I think the Chiefs win, but I'm going to take the Texans. Juan Thornhill being injured actually plays a big factor in this mm-hmm. for me. Uh, with Will Fuller uh, expected to play, the Texans' offense is completely different when Will Fuller's on the field. Sean Watson is coming off that Michael Jordan comeback performance. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I just think it's kind of a shootouty game. I think the Texans take advantage of no Thornhill and questionable play in the Chiefs' secondary at times. Uh, Watson just keeps it close. Chiefs win, but um, yeah, like it, uh, I'll give you a score prediction here. How about uh, 38 uh, 30, 38-31. Whoa, that's a lot of points. I respect that a lot. See, for me, like I f- like this this game points to a shootout, but like the way the playoffs have gone, all four games have been so low scoring, and they've all stayed under. Um, the, the total is fifty one, by the way. So Rob has it being blown out. I'm also taking Houston plus the points. I am also taking the over. I got the Chiefs winning thirty to twenty three. I agree. Okay. I agree with like everything you said, though. Uh, wait, I didn't give my score prediction for the Vikings 49ers, so I'm just gonna do that quick. Uh, uh, I'll I'll say uh, twenty four thirteen. Okay. So I have the Vikings Thank scoring you. an that, extra touchdown. That needed to be said. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay, hope you have your score prediction ready for the granddaddy of them all. 6.40 p.m., the Seattle Seahawks going to Lambeau Field to play the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay's minus four. The Mike Holmgren, Matt Hasselbeck Bowl? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> right? Is that what you call it back in Seattle? Yes, what we call it, yeah. Uh, have any Seahawks gone to the Packers? Packers go to the Seahawks, but Seahawks go to the Packers. Uh... No, no, I can't think of any. That's weird, eh? It's, it's a one-way street. Uh, I'm taking the Packers to cover. Um, I I don't feel good about it at all. Uh, the Packers are kind of like they're weird. It's weird that the thirteen and three. They're like a bad thirteen and three. <laughs> they are, yeah. Um, but the Seahawks' running game's kind of non-existent. It's very non-existent. And with the Packers having to not think nearly as much about that and being able to pin their ears back with Darius Smith, Preston Smith pass rushing against a very up and down Seahawks offensive line. I think the pass rush is kind of the difference maker here. Um, other side of the football, uh, I think it's going to be kind of a slow Aaron Jones heavy mm-hmm. pa- Packers offensive attack against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the Packers O-line plays a, a really strong game against that Seattle front. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say a a twenty to fourteen Packers win, low scoring. Rob, I agree with almost everything you said. I'm gonna check the Packers weather while you talk. Uh yeah, they're, they're here. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Check it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, spoiling the weather because <laughs> I want you to find out. I don't know, and it might have changed. You just so. you know, I they were calling for uh for some weather events. It might have changed now. Though. You, could have, you could have just told me so I didn't have to do No, that. I want you to... I've been checked today. That's what I want. It's, it's not supposed to snow. It's uh, freezing, but sun and cloud. Okay. See, they changed. Good thing. Um, I Russell Wilson's never won at Lambeau. The Seahawks have had their major issues there. I am a Seattle Seahawks fan, as everyone listening knows. I am picking the Seattle Seahawks... I do not feel good about it, but it, like you said, Rob, the Packers are a fraud of a thirteen and three team, and I mean, I didn't call them fraud. That's your words, not that, Rob. You said they are; they should be three and thirteen. Is what you said. I'm pretty sure. Uh, if this game was in Seattle, would you change your pick? 
Yes. But the funny thing is, Seattle's better on the road than at home this year, which is so weird. I'm picking the Seahawks to win 20-17, to 17, winning outright. I'm going to be very wrong and be sad on Sunday night, though. So what do I know, Rob? What else is new? <laughs> Not last Sunday. I got the Globes. They got the Seahawks win. That's true. That was like your perfect Sunday. <laughs> See, and like uh, after that Sunday, this Sunday can only be worse. It's just a fact. That was such a great way to start the playoffs. All one-score games. Yeah. All just kind of slugfesty. Yep. Really fun, like different styles of games. Uh, obviously, like Vikings upset, Texans comeback, Seahawks just like weird Josh McCowan game because <laughs> yeah. Seahawks are always in weird games. Yeah. Um, and then the Titans just Mike Vrabel out Belichicking Belichick. Yeah, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome wildcard weekend. Uh, which of these four are you most excited for? Assuming it's Seahawks Packers, of course it's Seahawks Packers. If not, if, uh, other than that, um. I'm Titans Ravens. I'll say Chiefs Houston. Okay. No one's excited for Vikings Niners. I yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm excited for all all four games. <laughs> Regardless, it's like the best football weekend of the year because we got these four, and then which is always the best NFL weekend, and then we got the national championship game, which is awesome. So. Heck yeah! All right, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, enjoy an IPA on AJ.